Hi, I'm Michelle Rhinus, author of the book From Bad to Badass Leader. If you want to be a badass leader, you need to be listening to my friend Michael Tanner and the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. So grab your notebook, a pen, and your bulletproof coffee as we explore the leadership lessons every leader needs to master. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I am super excited to share with you my great interview with Michelle Reynes today. I had a, such a wonderful time speaking with her, talking about her book and so forth, and I cannot wait to share this content with you. I promise you'll be a better leader as a part of listening to this podcast episode. As always, I do have a couple of housekeeping items, but I'm going to make these really quick so that we can get into the interview with Michelle. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Be sure while you're subscribing to the podcast in whatever podcast directory you choose, be sure you leave a rating and review while you're there. I'll, I'll wait. I'll read a reader or a listener review in another episode so that we can get to the interview with Michelle. And then also be sure you check out the Credible Leadership Community. You can do that at community.credibleleaders.com. You can find all the information there about engaging and joining with that community. I assure you, in your leadership journey, you want to be a part of this community. So I encourage you to check that out, community.credibleleaders.com. Now, with that said, let me tell you a little bit about Michelle Reynes and in the interview that I had with her, and you will, I assure you, you will love this interview with Michelle. You're going to learn a lot from her today, and I'm going to give you some resources. You're going to want to go and see, get those resources. You're going to want to get her book. You're going to want to check out the free resources that she's making available to you as a part of this podcast episode. In fact, let me go ahead and tell you that you want to head over to badassleader.com forward slash rookie leaders badassleader.com forward slash rookie leaders. You want to check that out. She's making some free resources available to you. So you definitely want to check that out. But let me tell you a little bit about her before I jump into the interview with her. So Michelle Rennes is a, she's a speaker. She's an author. She's a coach, an entrepreneur. She's the founder of MDR Coaching and Consulting. But probably most relevant to this podcast episode, Michelle is the creator of the unconventional brand, badass leader. She talks about it in this podcast episode. She talks about how early in her leadership journey, she was an absolute ass as a boss. She, she was oblivious to the impact that she was having 
on the people that she was leading. And, and perhaps like many of you, she didn't understand how to lead. And in this podcast episode, she is sharing her thrills of victory, her agonies of defeat, all with the goal of helping you to unlock the art of being a badass, a badass leader. So without any further delay, let's get over to my interview with Michelle Reynas. Michelle, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, Michael. Yeah, you and I, we connected, I don't know, two or three weeks ago uh, now, and I've just really been excited ever since that conversation I had with you. I've been excited to have this conversation and discuss with my listeners your brand, your book, and just some of your experience. So I'm just so happy to to have you here. And I wanted to first jump into, I'm going to call it your brand, and I think you call it your brand as well. We'll get to the book here in just a moment. But you have created a brand that really resonates with me. I think it goes back to my Marine Corps days and some of your logo and things like that really resonate with me. But I also know I've been in the corporate world for many years now, and I know that in some in the corporate world will look at the brand or hear the brand and really question themselves or, or question the brand. So talk to us first about this badass leader brand. Just describe what it is and, and who is it for? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And it's a very typical reaction. And that's what I love most about the brand is it, this brand is an unconventional brand and uh, it's edgy and it's playful. And it was really born out of doing a good service for my clients on the front lines. So to give you a little backstory on how the birth of the brand came about, I've been, I have a man, I call it the mothership brand, which is my corporate white collar, proper brand, mm -hmm. politically correct brand, which is MDR Coaching and Consulting Inc. And I've been enjoying deliveries and working all throughout the country and in the Toronto market as well, delivering leadership development, coaching, training programs, you name it, right? Soup to nuts for organizations and leaders and those within the organizations. And time again, over the past several years, when I'm working in the classroom with the frontline leaders or middle managers or the up and coming leaders, the next generation of leaders, I constantly hear, this is great, this is important, but oh, it just doesn't feel like me. And so in my interviews with them and side conversations and after hour dinners and chit chat, I discovered that there's a gap in leadership development, that there are the, the masses are Main Street leaders, everyday, even blue collar leaders that are on the front lines that maybe don't identify as well with, I'll call it a white collar brand. And so I, that's, they were my inspiration behind the birth of the badass leader brand is I wanted something that would entice them and intrigue them that felt more like them. That was fun. It was entertaining, humorous, but very serious when it came to, when it comes down to people leadership and people development. And so my, I look at this brand as a gateway drug into leadership. I really want to get them excited about, wow, this leadership stuff isn't as hard as it sounds. And it, it isn't brain damage. It's really quite simple. And so don't feel like it's not for you. Let this brand be your introduction and, and come and play with us and let's have fun. And we can always step it up into other toolboxes, if you will. We mm -hmm. have plenty of those between the Badass Leader brand and MDR. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really love that. And I, I experienced the same thing, I think, in, in my leadership coaching and development. I experienced the same thing where 
I have people that say the style of leadership that I've seen all of my life or experienced in my professional career, that just is not me. That doesn't feel like me. And and so they they feel I don't really want to be a leader or or I don't want to mm-hmm. step into that responsibility if that is what I need to be. And, and so you made the comment around they don't feel like it fit that they that fits them. And and I see that all the time that people that feel like leadership is that that command and control, that authoritative mm-hmm. figure that just treats everybody like a cog in the wheel and just very demanding, just get the job done. And I see a lot of leaders that don't feel like that fit them. Yeah. And so I think your brand, to the point you're making, your brand really opens up that door and says, you know what, leadership can be different than mm-hmm. maybe what you've thought or what you've experienced. Yeah, and badass is not a bad word. Right. <laughs> I work with senior level executives of Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies. And tell me, I've sat across the table and they all smile and snicker with the idea of someone goes, wow, that's a really badass idea or you're a really badass leader. They all love it. And so it's just that I think that we've become a society that's afraid of our own shadows. And in social media, I think has maybe absolutely fueled that fear. And in many cases, rightfully, but when it comes to being a badass leader, this isn't about being politically incorrect. It's about being passionate about leadership and not being afraid of being a badass leader and being afraid of really taking yourself on and fixing what's not working, being honest, being fearless, being fierce when it comes to your commitment to self-development and really building a badass team and figuring out what are the tools you need and what are the mechanics you need to go through in order to take your team and yourself from where you are to really where you want to be and where, what your true potential is. Mm -hmm. And Leadership sometimes requires um, a different set of tools. And this is just another toolbox and a toolkit that I think is a hell of a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It's certainly a blast to facilitate. I had a large team that I facilitated with a few weeks ago and I had a line um, out the door. And of course it was a socially distanced engagement. So we all had our masks on and we're all spread across this massive room, but I had a line out the door and story after story was about how they were really like, oh, here we go to go to another leadership training and then they come around the they come down the corridor and then they see the brand they see the name and they're all excited and they come and they see all the materials they get a copy of the book and they Mm -hmm. get their badass leader mask on and afterward and during and throughout the whole program during the breaks they're coming up to me saying this really resonates this is exactly what i've needed and i'm so excited and i can't wait to learn more oh that's so good and and i i really appreciate you you mentioning there that that badass doesn't mean it's bad. And no. when, you, when you said that, this is totally off topic, but I'll share anyway. When you said that, it reminded me of a stand-up comedian that I, I came across a number of years ago. His name is Ismo, I-S-M-O. And he's actually from Finland. And he has a bit where they speak Finnish, but he's learned mm-hmm. English. And he has a comedy bit about the English language and how difficult it is. And he picks up, he picks on these words and he talks about how his gig is about how these words have so many different meanings. And one of the words that he uses that I believe is just phenomenally funny is the word ass. And he talks (laughs) about all the different aspects of the word ass. And he says this, he says, but if you put bad in front of it, it's actually it's good. good. Right. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. Something and to aspire to. Exactly. Right. But but I also understand the branding, right? So good yes. leader doesn't sound near 
near as good as badass leader. I get oh, it. Oh no, badass is way better. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal too. I've read your book. Uh, your your book is from bad to badass leader. I've read your book. It's a great book. I really enjoyed it. And I know that there's a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of time and all that goes into, you know, writing a book and and then the process of getting it published. And now I know you're deep in the throes of promoting the book and public and and advertising and marketing and and all that. So it's a a lot of work. What I'd like for you to share with the leaders is that journey to get to that. How did you get to that point of, hey, I want to write a book and I want to create a brand and I want to do all the work to share this book and this brand with other people? Yes, thanks for asking that. And it has been, oh my gosh, it's been a ton of work. And then try launching a new brand in 2020. So that's been, uh, to boot, that's been challenging. Hey, I get to be badass about it. So that's what I've been doing. I've been hunkering down and getting creative and finding a way to send my message out and try and meet the need. And so to answer the question on how it came about, it really is a restitution for me. And what I mean by restitution is, um, if as you're aware in the book, and lesson one, by the way, is called Don't Be an Ass. And that's really the launching pad, if you will, of what inspired me to say, I really need to take off the armor, be vulnerable, share my story, and help other, we call it rookie leaders that are up and coming, or even seasoned leaders who make rookie mistakes. And I was definitely a rookie leader and then a seasoned leader who made tons of rookie mistakes. And figure out how do I share my intellectual capital? How do I share the lessons that I've learned in a way to help you really catapult other up and coming leaders or veteran leaders from where they are to where they want to be. And my wake up call happened when I was 25, 26, and I was promoted to what I call my level of incompetence, which is the definition of the Peter principle. And I was managing at the time a team somewhere between 14 and 18 people. It's been over 25 years now, so I can't remember the exact counts. And we were getting it done to look at our success on paper in a matter of months from when I took over the asset. We were, on all intents and purposes, we were hitting home runs and smoking on results. And But when it came to human capital and the damage that I was creating by being so insanely focused on results and performance, I was completely oblivious to the impact I was having on the people. And as such, one morning I came down to my office and ended up being faced with multiple resignations and piles of keys and some very colorful language about what the team thought of me. And they had actually conspired behind my back collectively to do an abrupt walkout. And wow, if that isn't a powerful message that whatever you're dealing is not, the delivery is not landing properly. And I very quickly uh, came to the conclusion um, that I was the last person standing and I was the problem. And so because of that situation, it stayed with me my entire career. And I became very focused immediately on how do I figure this whole leadership thing out? I didn't have resources back then. This is the 1990s. We were still pretty top down as leaders. And I made it worse, one, because I was a young female in an urban environment and I tried too hard and my ego got in the way. And so it really came off the wrong way. And so when when you advance forward, fast forward 30 something years into my 
my career and I'm looking back and thinking of how did I become successful as a leader and what were the steps that got me here and how can I share my lessons learned in a way that can help other leaders maybe prevent some of those bumps and bruises and and crash sites. So that was how it all started. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing, especially about that first chapter, Don't Be an Ass. And when I read that chapter, in all transparency, I don't know that I could down select all of the times I've been bad at being at being a leader and put them into a single chapter the way you did. I just so many stories of my own came to mind as I'm reading that chapter and reading uh, your stories of times where I did exactly what you were talking about. And, and it relates to what I was saying earlier about people don't feel like they don't want to be that leader that just treats everybody like a cog in the wheel and just mm -hmm. drives them. I think that's what you experienced in the story that you just told about. So I really appreciate that, that first chapter of the book and, and you opening up with that, but you've got 11 other lessons in the book as well. And if you don't mind, I'd certainly like for us to walk through at least the highlights of those 12 sure. and, and share those uh, with, uh, with the audience here. So what about lesson number two? So lesson number two is, well, now that you've discovered, hopefully that you're not being an ass, which um, some, hopefully doesn't take somebody else to have to tell you that and that you have enough self-awareness to recognize that. But lesson two is really, so what now are you going to do about it? And it's called stop, drop, take a selfie. And the, the premise behind lesson two is really about developing yourself as a leader and first starting with expanding your self-awareness. I say it's kind of going to the doctor and getting a proper diagnosis. So really trying to understand what's working, what's not working, what do you need to do differently? And then how are you going to do that? And, and so lesson two is all about the leader and understanding how they're leading. And then go ahead. Yeah, I, I really resonate with that. I think a lot of times as leaders, one of the things we struggle with is just to be self-aware, to, yes. to take that time to pause and let's just evaluate myself. Let's give other people an opportunity to evaluate me, get that feedback that I need. And uh, that's critical for leaders. So I really appreciate that, that lesson. What about lesson three? And the other thing I'll say about lesson two is that the that's the toughest lesson ironically, yeah. Yeah. because looking in the mirror is what, you know, most leaders don't want to do. They right. want, they'll hire me as a consultant and a coach to come in and quote unquote, fix their people because their people are the problem. And the yeah. reality is that it's their mirror, the totally. issue, right? The people are the results of how they're leading. <laughs> so, um, so lesson two requires some time, right? Some marination time to spend some time in lesson two. Don't be in a hurry to move to lesson three. And then lesson three is let's talk about trust baby. Because at the end of the day, once you understand yourself, what's working, what's not working, what you need to do differently as a leader, then you have to start thinking about how do I start to pour the foundation and build this, this basis on which this badass team will be built. And that starts with making sure that I am fostering trust, not only their trust in me and building credibility, right? Credible leaders is Michael, mm -hmm. but really building that trust in the leader, but also building that trust across the team, right? Pollen, cross pollination and making sure that you have a team of of trusting team teammates and team players and because trust is without trust you can't go to lesson four yeah so before we jump into lesson four i love lesson four too but i gotta say this about the lesson three in this trust I do leadership development but also do teamwork development and in my teamwork development i always start with trust it's foundational yes. to any number of people two or more people working together 
and working together effectively, they have to trust one another. And and I totally agree that it certainly segues into lesson number four. So talk to that, talk to lesson number four for our audience. And then lesson number four is called put your people first. And what that focus is about prioritizing people over performance, which was my big blind spot. I prioritize performance over people, and hence I created human capital casualties and turnover and all types of mutiny, if you will. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that your people really know that they are the priority and that you focus on what is it that I can do as a leader? What, do my, what does my team need from me? Yeah. And they need to feel safe because we've established trust. Sure. They, I need to understand what's working for them, what isn't working for them, and how I can close the gap on supporting um, their development and their success, which is a fantastic segue to lesson five, which goes into being an epic coach be an epic coach because if you haven't laid, and again, one of the things I'd like to make sure I um, emphasize here is these lessons are built in order. Mm -hmm. So they stack. And the other thing that I'll add is these work personally as well as professionally. So be it two people in a relationship, the same type of, the same type of lessons apply. So lesson five is now that you've established that trust, you understand yourself as a leader and you've prioritized people over performance because they're the ones on the front lines that are actually creating the performance and implementing mm -hmm. the processes to get the numbers, then what do they need from you as a coach? So who is it that you get to be for them in order to take them onto the podium and to help them win? And so that's the premise of lesson five. And then that helps set it up for now you're ready at lesson six to assemble and build that badass team. And lesson six is called build a badass team. Mm -hmm. And so the focus of that lesson is everything from talent selection, interviewing, onboarding, setting the tone for cultural performance, our commitment to one another as teammates, setting those expectations, and then holding your teams accountable to that level of um, performance and commitment to one another and building that cohesive framework mm -hmm. um, as a badass team. Yeah, Michelle, as I was reading through your book, and, and man, I really follow that, and I, and I agree with what you're saying, it segues into the next or stacks upon the next. And, and I was reading through your book, and it talked about trust, and then we got into putting people first and being the coach and, and being building the badass team. And as I was just talking just earlier about the teamwork and all that, so I'm reading through your book, and I'm right there with you. And then I get to lesson number seven, and I see the title, and it says, create the struggle. And I thought, wait a minute, have we just taken a left turn here? So what about cre uh, creating the struggle? What is that? So create the struggle is, well, now that you've built that badass team and you've already established trust, they feel safe with you. They, and they know how to treat one another. You've established that cultural, cohesive, collective mindset, right? What I call musketeers, all for one, one for all. So now you have permission to really create the struggle. So now it's about stretching them outside of their comfort zones and beyond their job descriptions, tapping into their true potential. So I say in the book, be like Gumby and stretch them right? Because you can't go to what I did as a leader, going back to what I call my bull ride, which was mm -hmm. when I felt my fall from grace in lesson one, when I showed up as an ass, <clears throat> is I went straight into creating the struggle. Mm -hmm. I came in, I did a takeover, I have this new team, I want to really prove myself and show them just how badass I am as a leader, which I was not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was an ass, not badass. And then I created struggle, all these challenges. I pushed and focused on um, performance over people. And so I went in creating the struggle and it blew up. 
And so this is a common occurrence. And a lot of times, oftentimes as a consultant and a coach, it's when I'm brought in. It's when a leader has created the struggle and the team has somehow blown up and performance is going downward. And now maybe that executive is on the hot seat and on a performance improvement plan. And they've been, the organization has invested in hiring an executive coach to help coach that leader. It's because they're at lesson seven and they haven't established lesson one through six. And so the create the struggle is a privilege we get when we've managed to build that badass team, now we can have fun and taking them to the next level and having them achieve what that make the impossible possible for them. Yep. Yeah. I've got some comments there, but I, I think you're going to lead into lesson eight, the suck it up buttercup as well. I think those <laughs> two go well together. So if you'll cover that one, then I've got some comments about both of them, I think. Okay, excellent. And yeah, so lesson eight is suck it up buttercup. And that one is the, the struggle is going to happen. And whether you created it or it was created for you. And so we have to, as leaders, first and foremost, suck it up. Mm -hmm. Because if we can't suck it up, Buttercup, and help navigate our teams with confidence Mm -hmm. and credibility through the struggle, then they are going to really struggle and get into this downward spiral. So it's about finding what are the resources that we need as leaders to help support us in navigating our teams through and making sure that when we tap into those resources that we're tapping in to peers and supervisors or leaders outside of the organization that we're not trickling down and dumping our stress onto our teams, Mm -hmm. which then can really take us down into the the washing machine cycle, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was going to, the comment I was going to make is I really, appreciate it. So again, after I read through the book, uh, I really appreciate the fact that you have covered both sides of the dichotomy that's in leadership here. I teach that leadership is about relationship. And a lot of times when I'm teaching that people feel like I'm going down the path of you've got to coddle your people, you've got to, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure they're all comfortable and everything's all hunky dory and they're all fine. And no, that's not the case. You want a relationship, you want a good relationship with your people, you want them to trust you and all that. But the other side of that dichotomy is you're going to push them. You're still going to push them. But to the point you're making with that is you got to have both. You can't just push them and you can't just have friendly relationship with them. You have to have both. And I I really appreciate you putting that together the way you did and showing both sides of the the, the dichotomy there. What about as we get to lesson nine, where are we with lesson nine? Well, lesson nine is an easy and very slippery slope to fall into, especially if you step into an organization where this type of behavior already exists. And lesson nine is called don't be a kiss ass and save money on lip gloss, for God's sakes, (laughs) And, and really focus on how can we communicate effectively and respectfully, but sugar free right? How do we tell them what they need to hear? It may not be what they want to hear. And so how is it that we as leaders need to self-develop and figure out how do we package our message in a way that it can be well-received to where we don't fall prey to kissing ass? Mm -hmm. Because then we lose credibility. We go back to lesson three, start to erode trust, and we start to fall back down backwards through the lessons. Yeah. Yeah. When I read through that, one of the principles that I teach in leadership is you always give credit to someone else, but you always take the blame. Take responsibility. As a leader. And so I think this idea of if I'm perceived by those that I lead as a kiss ass, as I'm going and taking the credit for the success of the team, then to the point you're making, Mm -hmm. I lose credibility, I lose trust, I'm not putting the people first. So I I totally get that. What, What about lesson 10? 
So lesson 10 is now, okay, so we're not kiss asses, but I do want you to be a groupie as a leader. And what I mean by be a groupie is be a groupie for your people, right? The ones who are on the front lines, who are implementing and executing and getting the numbers, serving the customers, creating the experiences, delivering on the brand promises that we've outlaid with them. And so what I think about is like when I I love rock and roll. And so if I go to my favorite rock concert, I'm in line. I'm waiting for the autograph. I'm buying the t-shirt. I'm going crazy. If they're on the stage and they're looking down and they see my face in the audience, they know that I'm a raving fan. And and most of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time, these people have no clue who I am. But you're people that you work with every single day. You need to be a groupie. You need to line up for their autographs. You need to wear their t-shirts. You need to sing their praises. And I'm not saying in a sappy way. I'm talking about in a sincere and passionate and a badass kind of way. Mm -hmm. They need to know that you're their fan. No, I love that. And when I read the chapter and and as I hear you describe it, I'm seeing all these stuffed shirts, uh, white collar, tie leaders and all that in the corporate world. But wouldn't it just be awesome if they just acted crazy like a groupie (laughs) for the people that they're leading, for the people, as you say, that are on the front lines that are actually getting the job done? Wouldn't it be great if we had leaders, even though they're in their stuffed shirts and their ties, they're acting like groupies for the people they're leading. That'd be awesome. Yes, it is a game changer. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. How do we get to lesson number 11 here then in expanding your tribe? What, What do we mean there? Lesson 11 is really, um, I call it, I was a very late bloomer on lesson 11. And a lot of it had to do with ego and my competitive personality type that I was always competing against my peers as opposed to partnering. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that this is a really important lesson for up and coming leaders to learn, or even those veteran leaders who are still have some rookie behaviors that aren't serving them. This was one that wasn't serving me Mm -hmm. and we are better together. So imagine this, so play this scenario out. Here you are in an organization and let's just say that you're the type of leader who partners for success for all of your peers. So let's say you and I were on the same team, but we're, we're peers. And so if I were to reach out to you and go, Hey, Michael, I noticed that you had an amazing week last week and tell me what's working for you. What'd you guys do differently? Cause here's where we're struggling. And then here's what worked for us. And let me sh- show and reveal our cards and share the tools that we're using. And we partner together on how we can make one another more successful, not only from between Michael and Michelle, but to help your team be more successful. Right. How much more valuable would that be to your organization than if I just siloed and I just focused on myself, my team, my numbers, my results versus if I start to cross pollinate and cross partner throughout the organization and expand my tribe, how as an organization, we're all better together, right? You lift up the entire organization and that creates not only job promote promotability for you because you're more valuable because you're really showing up as a leader. You're showing a capacity to partner. You're building trust across teams. And then now you're leveraging that in a way that helps the entire health of the organization. That makes you invaluable as a leader in my eyes. Totally agree. And I, again, so resonate with that. When I teach teamwork within a corporate setting, I'm oftentimes talking to a team that's somewhere in the middle of the org chart, right? So every individual leads a team of their own, but then every individual is a part of another team, right? So there's a team that they're on and there's a team that they lead. They're a part of. Mm -hmm. And, And I teach, I want you to be more loyal to the team you're on than even the team you lead. And, and, and it just blows people's mind. What are you talking about? And the concept that I'm teaching there is if the whole team doesn't win, 
Nobody wins. In football, the offense can't win and the defense right. lose. <laughs> the whole team loses. And so if you start at the top and you're loyal to that and that trickles down, uh, then I, I, I certainly love that that example of expanding the tribe because that's what I'm teaching as well. Not that's just crazy. the people you lead. You're not in a silo. You got to be right. a part of the greater group. I love that. And then teach your people the same thing. Yep. It's not us versus them. We're, it's we. It's we're always better together. We're totally. stronger together. And who knows? Any one of us could be somebody else's boss yeah. or vice versa at any given day. That's so exactly let's all right. play together and help support one another and not be dog eat dog. Totally agree. You, you wrap up your book, Michelle, with love somebody like you. So what do we mean by that? Yes. So this is a, a lesson that um, I would encourage. First off, I'll state by saying that this is a lesson I would invite listeners to consider placing it in whatever order that serves them best. But since my book is not only a leadership guide for how to help leaders, you know, build badass teams and become badass leaders, but it's also an autobiography. So I needed to be really honest here and put this lesson where it lives for me. And for me, it currently lives in lesson 12 mm -hmm. and love somebody like you is about taking care of yourself. Yeah. And it, the better we take care of ourselves as individuals and leaders, that means mental, physical, emotional health and well-being, balancing. I work hard. I'm, I am an admitted entrepreneur-aholic. I absolutely love work. I dream about work. I love making a difference for leaders, teams, and organizations. And so I can very easily work all of my waking hours. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be very effective if I'm not good at also having, you know, playtime and recharging my batteries and taking care of myself. I can be a much uh, better job of being a badass leader if I prioritize self-care and love somebody like me. Yeah. And so I will say that this lesson is a hand-me-down from an ex-husband that lost his battle with cancer. Mm. It was a very um, touching and very powerful lesson for me and one that did shift my life. Mm -hmm. I was at the time when I reconnected with him during his final journey, I was all about work and nothing else. Great. And so now I can admittedly say that I work hard, probably play harder. I mm -hmm. work really hard, but I play hard too. And I, and I, absolutely prioritize family and friends and work. So I've managed to fit it all in. Yeah. Uh, I would say the, I could probably do better on the diet and the exercise part, especially in light of being on lockdown. Right, right. <laughs> but, but that's, so that remains a work in progress for me, but I definitely invite listeners to plug that in as high in their level of lessons as they can. It yeah. will serve them. Yeah. Again, just so resonate with that. You teach the idea that as a leader, you have to always show up as the best possible version of yourself. Right. Your you team bet. needs and deserves the best possible version of you. And in order to do that, to deliver the best possible version of you, you've got to do those things to take care of yourself. Then that requires you to do all these things that you're talking about, loving yourself. Uh, you've got you've to be able to get enough sleep, do the exercise needed to, to energize your body, get the right, like you were talking about, get the right foods in you. And yeah, you got to have the right the right time of playtime and things like that. It can't all be about work because you owe to your team the best version of yourself. So totally love that that lesson as well. I tell you what I want to do, Michelle. I want to dive into actually lesson number five, uh, where you okay. talk about coaching. Those in my audience, they know, they've heard me before talk about how I consider myself in, in terms of my leadership style to be a servant coach. And so I really appreciated your your lesson there about being an epic coach. And so yes. I, I want to deep dive with the audience and, and have you explain 
How can our audience members begin to be an epic coach? Yeah, great. I love this lesson. And I'll say this, I'll start with saying stop, drop, take a selfie is the first step. Understand what's working, what's not working, but then what are you going to do about it? And so epic coaching is one thing that when I decided to become a coach, we'll get certified and really dive into learning as much as I can to, to take as many courses and so forth as I could to develop my coaching. That was when I started my leadership development company and went off to be an entrepreneur. And then here I am going through all of these classes and I'm thinking to myself, good God, this would have served me as a leader. What the heck? Why didn't I right. do this when I first was promoted? And I'm, that would have been the best single investment I could have ever made, not only in my career, but for my team, for my organization. Imagine how it could have catapulted my career, my growth through the organization, the impact I could have had on peoples and teams and customer experiences and delivering brand promises and just growing on my leadership journey. It was it's a game changer. And so that's an area where I say invest mm -hmm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. if you want to talk about return on investment, and I know Michael, you, you um, sing the same song, but the reality is the best return on investment you can get is to invest in your development as a coach right. and as a leader. It's just, it pays tenfold. If you know how to approach um, feedback, if you know how to coach individual employees as well as teams, if you know how to engage with um, conflict, be it conflict that you have with someone or conflict that people are having on your teams with one another, how to overcome dif difficult or turnaround client experiences. Those coaching skills are absolute game changers and you'll get more sleepless nights as a payoff as well. Sleep Sleeping nights, right, <laughs> fewer right. sleepless nights, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And, and I, I know that you just said earlier, you're a big fan of rock. You, I know you're a fan of motorcycles and all that. And in this chapter yes. of the book, you talk about how you're not a huge sports fan. I am. And I love <laughs> sports and I love the position, if you will, of a coach of a team, because I run into a lot of leaders that they really struggle with this idea of coaching their team members to do the work that they need them to do. A lot of them feel like it's just better if I do it myself or I don't mm -hmm. have time to teach to them to do it on their own. Uh, and they just have those kind of mentalities. But I just recognize that as a coach, if you view your role as a coach of your team, now you can build uh, scalability and sustainability oh, of everything that you're doing because now your team members can do it. One of the best things that I like about the sports analogy mm -hmm. is the coach can't go out on the field. He cannot right. go out on the court. He can't go and do the things for his team members. And so he's got to take the mentality of my job is to teach them, coach them on the ways to do this as efficiently as they possibly can, but then I've got to let them do it. They've got to go out on the court and they've got yes. to do the job. So I love that coaching approach. Yeah. And you've got to be there on the sidelines, calling the timeouts. You've got to bench players when sure. they need to be benched, right? Yes. You need to switch them up. You need to cross pollinate. You need to constantly leverage. You need to know the skills. You need to know what each individual player brings to the game as far as strengths and where their gaps are and exactly how they like and need to be coached. So epic coaching is an absolute game changer to building badass teams and organizations. And I think there's another aspect that I see in your book or in this chapter, and I think probably you teach as well. And, and that is this idea of when you're coaching, you're not just feeding the answers to people or, or giving oh, no. the answers. Uh, what is the old analogy? If you give teach a person a fish, fish, they'll, fish right. they'll eat for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, 
They'll eat forever. for a lifetime. And, and as leaders, as especially as coach leaders, we're not there to just, here, let me give you the answer. No. Or let me show you how. But we're there to ask the right questions, yes. uh, to to make our team members think for them, learn to think for themselves and come up with their own solutions and, and, and yes. their own process and so forth. That's the role of coach as it relates to leading a team, I believe. And it's so much fun and yes. it's way easier than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, That's the thing is these 12 lessons are actually quite simple. It's just what we get them in the wrong order and that yeah. really can derail yeah. us. I love that you said that because I believe leadership and coaching is so much fun. In it fact, is. that's why I teach leadership. That's why I teach teamwork is because when I see a team win, whatever winning looks like, whatever winning is defined as, when I see mm -hmm. a group of people do that, when I see them win, I get goosebumps and it just, yes. I love that feeling. And so I always tell leaders, it's a lot of responsibility and it can be very difficult at times, but it is so it worth is. it because you get to see that team win. And I just love that. It's definitely my drug of choice to build winning teams. <laughs> love that. Love that. <laughs> Michelle, I really appreciate you sharing all 12 of the lessons with it, with our, I hope I didn't ask you to divulge too much from the book. Oh, but not I, at I would all. Just There's say tons the, left. <laughs> yeah, I would say the audience, you got to go get the book. Again, I've read it. I love it. And I highly recommend it. But also, I want to leave our audience with ways that they can connect with you. How can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you? How can they find the book? So if you'd share that with the audience, I'd greatly appreciate it. Oh, you bet. We've actually set up a special podcast page for your listen listeners awesome. specifically so they can get some free downloads and goodies and all that stuff. So they have to go there and at least get the go to the gift page and download their free stuff. And the gift page is called badassleader.com forward slash rookie leaders. Easy all to remember. All right. Excellent, man. I really appreciate you making that available to the audience. You bet. And then in addition to that, for those leaders who are just wanting to get their toe in the water, I just launched on Black Friday, my Badass Leader Academy. And for as little as 5 or $10, they can take a 5 to 7 to 15 minute course online that's self-guided. They can do it in their jammies at 2 in the morning if they want to. And they can start that that critical self-development and I stack the lessons. I now these um, on the badass leader Academy, I have created some courses or added some courses at various levels. They're called level one through level 12, which is different than the lessons, but there are some fantastic resources in there. They're going to help them as they go through leveling up their badass leader game. And mm -hmm. then in the future, I plan on launching a badass leader virtual Academy because we already have the in-persons as well as badass leader coaching. And there's some good intro offers out there and 50% off discounts that are available to them too. So if they want to check out on how they can start the their own journey, that's a great way to jumpstart their path. Awesome, Michelle. And I will include in the show notes of this podcast episode, I'll include links to that as well. I greatly appreciate you making that available to the audience. And what about the book? How can we get a hold of the book? Yeah, absolutely. So if they go, when they go to the website, badassleader.com, and then they go to the forward slash Wookiee Leaders page, it will take them. It's right on my website. Uh, so gotcha. the book page will have the book, the academy's on there. There's all kinds of Badass Leader toolkits. There's swag if they want to represent and wear the Badass Leader Live to Lead t-shirts and sweatshirts, they can do that. So they can spend some good time and have tons of resources available 
um, for them on the website. Awesome. Good deal. Good deal. Thanks so much for that, Michelle. And again, as I started a few weeks ago, we, we connected and we talked and I knew I was going to enjoy this conversation with you. I, I just like nerding out on the topic of leadership <laughs> with people, especially when there's so many things that we teach that resonate with one another. So I just really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us on the Rookie Leaders Podcast. We're certainly better leaders for having spent this time with you. Thank you so much. It's been a blast to be a part of it. I was stoked when I saw that Rookie Leaders existed. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a podcast. That's absolutely one that I want to be on to be able to share this brand because I know they'll love it. So thanks again, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Thanks for being with us. Thanks. There you have it, friend, my interview with Michelle Rennes. I know you enjoyed that. I know you learned a lot from her 12 lessons. I know I did. And I just assure you this, you've got to get her book. I, I've read her book. I've reviewed her book for her. It's a phenomenal book. It really does a great job of telling the stories behind these 12 lessons and giving you practical application of those kind of step-by-step -step things that you can do to better your leadership skills. So I assure you've got to go and get this book from Michelle, but also be sure you head over to badassleader.com forward slash rookie leaders so that you can get those resources that she talked about there. And of course, you'll find those links that I just mentioned in the show notes for today's podcast episode as well. So you can head over to rookieleaders.com and find those show notes. This is episode number 43, so you can find the show notes uh, there, and then you'll find those links that I just mentioned as well, so be sure you check that out also. Hey, thanks again so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate you and, and recognize that there's lots of other things you could be doing with your time than spending it with me, but I, I greatly appreciate you spending your time with the Rookie Leaders Podcast here. Hey, don't forget... Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. And again, I want to see you in the Credible Leadership Community. Be sure you check out the Credible Leadership Community. Uh, do that at community.credibleleaders.com. I definitely want to see you in the community. We've had a number of listeners uh, join recently. Greatly appreciate that and, and welcome all of you to the community. We've got a lot of great things here in the new year with 2021 now here we've got a lot planned inside the community so you want to be a part of that community.credibleleaders.com again thanks so much for tuning in till we speak again be blessed and lead this episode of the rookie leaders podcast has ended but never fear you can find other binge-worthy podcast episodes at rookieleaders.com if you like this episode please rate and write a review in itunes if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast and remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to CredibleLeaders.com.